It's time for the Plan with Dan podcast, the show that will help you discover and achieve your true purpose for money and make you a more confident investor. We'll talk about sane and intelligent approaches to financial planning. Now, let's plan with Dan. Well, hello and welcome to another Plan with Dan podcast. I'm Mark Haywood, joined as always by yours truly, Dan Betzel. He's the founder of Betzel Wealth Advisors, serving you in the greater Columbus area with an office in Gahana near the airport. Find him online at BetzelWealthAdvisors.com. That's BetzelWealthAdvisors.com. Dan, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? How are how was your holidays, New Year, all of that? I'm doing great, thank you. And um, I, I had to chuckle when you said Gehenna. It's a, it's a Gehenna. 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 I don't know if you know or not, but Gehenna is actually Hebrew for not a very nice place. Yeah. Like the H E double L. So we're really we're really careful here that we say Gehenna and not Gehenna. Gehenna, right? <laughs> Gehenna in Hebrew, uh, the literal it was like a dump, right near Jerusalem. Isn't that correct? You, you, you got it, man. You're it. You're it. Woo. Yeah, yeah. So your office is not. Not in the dump and not... No! no, no. <laughs> it's near the airport, near the airport. Oh, man. Well, we're glad to have you on the podcast. And we understand, you've probably already heard if you're listening, that we have a special guest joining us today. Her name is Deb Oskin. And Deb, I I hear that you are both an enrolled agent with the IRS and an ordained minister. So you're a tax collector and a member of the <laughs> clergy. How do those two go together? Well, so I don't want anyone to think that I work for the IRS. I actually work for the people who have arguments with the IRS. Exactly. So I'm licensed by the IRS, but in order to represent human beings against the machine. <laughs> human beings against the machine well she's on your side i promise if you're listening today and why deb is here is actually to talk about the new tax code that's come into play and how it's going to affect you and so dan really i will let you introduce deb and i'll let you take it from here great i'm actually very excited to have deb with us today and you know i see a, a i think there's a lot of similarity between a minister you know who a minister has a fiduciary responsibility to help those those people that come asking for guidance. And I think an enrolled agent does the same thing, mm -hmm. just maybe not so much in a spiritual world, but uh, in uh, in the financial world. And, you know, I think we have all know that the spiritual and the financial are connected on a lot of levels, right? Yes, I believe so. So I'm so excited to have her here today. She's actually um, been doing clergy tax returns since 1989. And when her husband uh, left seminary to pastor a small rural congregation. Was that here in Ohio? It was. Where was it? I'm not telling. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, because but, I was the world's worst pastor's wife. Okay. I talked. I wanted to be involved in things. I was not good at standing by and looking pretty. Okay. And so they don't really want to remember us, and I don't want to. Okay, well, we'll save that for a different <laughs> podcast. But she took a, a very rigorous uh, three-part exam where she had to demonstrate her proficiency with the entire tax code in order to earn the designation or the title of an enrolled agent. And enrolled agents, it's interesting, um, you know, are nationally licensed. They're not like CPAs and attorneys. Like myself as an attorney, I'm only licensed in the state of Ohio. And what I think is really interesting is that she was ordained in 2004 at the Church of the Brethren. And uh, in 2011, she started her own tax practice specializing in clergy taxation. And I think that's just really great. I'm really happy to have her here. And um, I think in this first podcast, we're going to focus on, you know, the new tax law that just came into effect just a few days ago. Mm -hmm. So, Deb, I'm going to start off with a, it's a general question. What do you think is the biggest change for individuals in the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act? 
Well, the biggest change for individuals is that the new law has eliminated personal exemptions. So in 2018, IRS had already announced the amounts for standard deductions and personal exemptions, and you would have gotten $4,150 taken off your income before the tax was calculated for every person in your household. That's quite a chunk of change. So Congress decided to eliminate the exemptions, but increase the standard deduction. And I made myself a chart just to figure out who it was going to help and who it was not going to help. And it turns out if you have children, it's not going to help. So across every filing status, single, married filing, separate, head of household, qualifying widow or widower, married filing joint, all of those statuses, if you have any children, you're going to do worse. The only exception is if you are head of household or a qualifying widower, you'll do about $200 better under the new law than you would under the old law. But for everybody else, any children means not doing so well. No children, you'll do fine. So I think you're saying, because there's a lot of numbers and things to keep in your head straight here. So I think you're saying that for for the majority of the average Americans, it's not going to do much for them to help them out as far as the if you have no children it will be better for you Uh in various amounts yeah the most i see is really about four thousand dollars three thousand dollars so it's not a whole lot of money and what what these do let's put them in in perspective of the tax form Mm -hmm. standard deductions and personal exemptions reduce your total income mm-hmm. just before they calculate how much the income tax is going to be. Right, before your AGI, you mean at the, the at, No, it's after your AGI. After AGI, okay. All and right. then uh, it's on page two. Okay, all right. But, and I wish all of you could see the imaginary 1040 that's in my head, but I know you can't. So it reduces your income before the tax is calculated. But, so remember that that part's not going to help you if you have children or anybody else living in your house, other than you, your spouse. That's it. Okay. But. The good news is there's another section on the tax form called credits. And what they do is they reduce the income tax that's been calculated dollar for dollar. Mm -hmm. And under the new law, if you have children under 17 or other dependents equal to or above 17. So basically when your kid turns 16 on the tax return, that's the last year you can get the big child tax credit, which they have doubled from $1,000 to $2,000 per child. But after, once they hit 17 and up, like say you've got college kids still at home, you're taking care of your aged parents, you have that 30-something who just can't find a job, lives with you, anyone for whom you provide more than half of their support financially, under the new law, you'll do much better. Oh, okay. So I was under the impression that this was supposed to be a simplification of the entire <laughs> tax law. So from what, I, what I'm hearing is that most of us are still going to need to consult with um, with a tax expert to navigate us through this new, new law. Yes, they did nothing, anything at all that would make a postcard possible. Okay. Plus, as a tax professional, I would not want my social security numbers and personal identification on a postcard, sure. I would at least want it inside an envelope. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good point. Okay, so what about the people um, who itemize? I've heard so much talking, and if you could give us like big, big picture items, maybe of how the itemization is gonna is gonna be impacted. Okay, so remember that you use the standard deduction, which they've made much larger, or you itemize, and you want whichever total is bigger because that reduces more of your income before the income tax is calculated. So on 
I'm going to go through the Schedule A, the itemized deductions sheet, item by item, and you don't have to know what it looks like because I'm going to tell you what it looks like. So the first item is medical deductions. It had been subject to 10% of your adjusted gross income. So to think of a limitation like this, I like to think of the street and a curb. Mm -hmm. Since it's winter, let's think about snow. Good. The snow that fills up the street and doesn't make it over the curb doesn't get to be deducted. Mm -hmm. It's only the snow that makes it up over the curb that you can deduct. And this 7.5% tells you how high the curb is. That's a, that's a great image, I think, yes. Good, I'm Good. glad. Yeah. I, it makes sense to me. Yeah. I'm a concrete thinker, so yeah, there you go. <laughs> hopefully it works. Now, they've lowered that from 10% to 7.5%, uh -huh. but only for 2018 and 2019. And mm -hmm. I honestly don't know what happens after that. So this is what we hear on the news, that some of these provisions sunset. Yes. And so this is an example. Some of them faster than others. Right. So this is an example. So at least for 2018 and 2019, it sounds like, you know, if you have medical expenses to deduct, it's going to be a good thing for you. Yes. And I, I hope they don't re eliminate it entirely because the clients that I see with high medical deductions are older people in nursing sure, homes. Of course. So yeah. those are very high medical deductions. And if they can't take those anymore, yeah. that's going to be an issue. You know, we saw so much on the news about people like even in Columbus here standing in long lines to pay their real estate taxes. So what was yes. that? What was that about? That's the next section. Oh, taxes you paid. And in fact, I did it too, mm -hmm. but I did it online. Mm -hmm. Because in Ohio, here's the wonderful thing. They assess our taxes six months behind, mm -hmm. right? So the bill that I would be paying mid-January was for the first half of 2017. Right. And since the bill was there, I knew what the whole year was. Mm -hmm. I paid it. So what they did is they said, you're going to have a maximum deduction starting January 1st, 2018 of $10,000 for all of the taxes section. And that includes state income taxes, local income taxes, which we certainly know we pay here, sales taxes, if that's higher, real estate taxes, and other taxes. Like on some returns, that's where foreign taxes on dividends and investments would show up. We don't have personal property taxes in Ohio, but some people from other states or who might own property in other states might also have those. Mm. So that section is not going away, but it's going to be limited to $10,000. So basically what that means is that uh, for a lot of people, they're not going to be able to deduct as much yes. as they used to be able to deduct. That is correct. So it's kind of like on one hand, okay, your medical expenses, we're giving you a little break, right? We're lowering that curve, as you say. Mm -hmm. But for taxes that you pay, yes. we're going to lower that to $10,000. Yes. Interesting. Um, wow. And, you know, I remember looking for a house several years ago and found one in a township, but the property taxes were over $9,000. Wow. So... People who live in townships, I know in general, pay more in right. property tax. Absolutely. And when you add the income and sales taxes they paid, they're, they're going to run into that limitation. Yeah. So not just, I mean, middle class people we're talking oh, about yes. are going to be impacted. Yeah. Oh, yes, absolutely. You know, as you said, you know, I know you do a lot of work with clergies and, and not-for-profits <laughs> and churches. What about the charitable contributions? Well, What's we'll get to that now? in a minute. First, we need to talk about okay. interest you paid. And that's mm -hmm. usually where your home mortgage interest is. Mm -hmm. So a big change that they have made is that starting in 2018, you can no longer deduct home equity debt. And mm -hmm. that's like your personal credit line sure. or your HELOC uh, right. home equity loan for remodeling and doing improvements, replacing the roof, all of that stuff. 
from now on, you can only deduct acquisition debt, the debt that you took on to buy the house. Mm. And if you refinance the acquisition debt, you mm. can take that. Mm -hmm. But if you refinance to take money out to do something else, mm. Mm, that's going to get tricky. Wow. Very interesting. Now, charitable contributions. They yeah. did something good. good. How about that? Yeah. I know that when they were talking about this, there was a lot of concern from nonprofits about having their charitable donations reduced because fewer people will be itemizing. Mm -hmm. Now, you're a rabbi. I'm a minister. I think we would agree that if you're going to donate to charity, you're doing it because you want to donate to charity, not because you're getting a tax deduction. I hope that's the reason. I, I'm going to be positive and think idealistically. But it's also nice to get a tax break. It is nice to get a tax break, and I like to take those tax breaks. And certainly for wealthier people, they add up to a lot more money. Sure. So here's a place where I bet you didn't know that there was a curb. Mm -hmm. Charitable contributions have been limited to 50% of your adjusted gross income, mm -hmm. which is quite a lot of money. Mm -hmm. But for some people, and often clergy, who don't make much but give a lot, go over that 50%. Mm -hmm. And what has happened is that charitable contribution carries over to the next year. Mm -hmm. So the good thing that they did is the limit is up to 60%. So I think a curb is the wrong way to think of this. It's the opposite. Of yeah, the it's the yes. opposite. So that means that they have, you have a lot more money that you're eligible to take that year of yeah. your charitable deductions. Great. All right. Casualty and theft losses. Used to be that this section was for when your house burned down. Mm -hmm. You were burglarized and a lot mm -hmm. of stuff was stolen. They've changed that so that now the only losses you can deduct on your taxes have to have occurred in a presidentially declared disaster area. Mm -hmm. This is a huge change. It is. Wow. It's a wow. huge change. Yeah. Wow. So that's going to hurt. But... This next section hurts the most. Yeah. Job expenses and miscellaneous deductions subject to a limitation of 2% of your adjusted gross income. Yeah. This is where your employer doesn't provide everything you need that's ordinary and necessary in the yeah. course of doing your job. So you go and you buy books, you buy meals for clients, you travel and you have business mileage. So like my, my daughter <clears throat> teaches uh, first grade at an inner city school and uh, holy cow, yeah, she she loves it. I mean, she's really loves it. She's totally passionate about it, but she spends a fair amount of her money because these kids don't have you know some of the resources. And um, yep. you know, as of course we love her and love her work and we support her as well. So yes. you're saying that that money that she's paying to help facilitate the learning going on in her classroom is is no longer going to be something that she's going to be able to deduct. That's correct. Wow. That's correct. Wow. And that hits that hits almost everybody I do yeah. taxes for. Yeah. All right. Wow. So what we recommend for employers is they should set up an accountable reimbursement plan. Yeah. It sounds like a big thing, but all it really is is you make the employee turn a receipt and then you reimburse them for the receipt. It's mm -hmm. pretty simple. It is. And honestly, employers, if you're not providing everything that that employee needs to do their job, you should be. I really like that solution. It's a very simple solution. It's to, very simple, to, yes. To what could be a very tough it's, problem. It can add up to a lot of Absolutely. money for some Absolutely. people. And you should be reimbursing your employees for their mileage from work to work. Never home to work. Of course, that's mm -hmm. commuting and not deductible. But mm -hmm. work to work. And you should set a policy that you reimburse at the IRS standard mileage rate, which in 2018 is 54 and a half cents. So are they raising that? Is it, it's higher. It's than, gone up yes, a penny. Yes. Okay. Woohoo. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And I have a lot of clients who say, I can't be bothered to track my mileage. Mm. Okay, so every two miles is more than a dollar. Yeah. 
Let's strike your pretty, mileage. It's pretty huge. And there, yes. are, there, are, there are like some great apps that can help you with that as well. There are. Yeah, I have one that I use. It's great. Yes, yeah. there are. They're really awesome. Fantastic. So other things that were in this section that are no longer going to exist were your tax preparation fees mm -hmm. or the cost of the software you bought, mm -hmm. the cost of renting a safety deposit box, investment management fees, mm -hmm. which I have clients that's in the thousands of dollars, sure. and other expenses related to your investments, like learning about your investments or hiring an investment advisor. Sure. Yes. Yeah. Wow. So that whole section is gone. That's mm -hmm. a huge hit yeah. for all of the working people in the country. Wow. There's one more section left. That's other miscellaneous deductions, not subject to 2% limitation. But there wasn't much in there that most people took. My husband is legally blind, and so he has to buy special technology mm -hmm. to help him do his job. Sure. And so we deducted there. It's really unreimbursed employee business expenses required by disabled persons to be able to work. That's one of the, the major things that were in that section. That section stays. So to review, your interest is limited, your taxes are limited, you're pretty much done with casualty and theft losses unless there's a natural disaster because the president's not going to declare the fire, you know, that your house burnt down sure. to the ground as a disaster. Wow. Wow, wow. And the job expenses and miscellaneous deductions section, gone. Now, the casualty and theft losses, I, I, other ones I've heard about or I've read a little bit about, but that one really had not uh, heard much about. That That just makes kind of sense of chill through me when I think about how that could really impact a family. Yes. If that were to happen, that's really something. Wow, I wasn't aware of that one. And there's one other one that doesn't go on that sheet. But when you move to take a new job, sometimes your employer helps move you, right? They sure. pay for the moving van. Mm -hmm. They help pay for your cost expenses. So those moving expense reimbursements from the employer used to not be taxable. Now they will be. Wow. So you're saying that if I have a client, for example, and he works for a, a large corporation and they're going to move him to California and they're going to have the big van come and yep. load up the house and yep. – Take all their belongings to California. Pack it all up. Sometimes that could be eight, nine, ten thousand dollars. Yes. That's going to now be on his W two as ordinary income. Yes. Is that what you're saying? That oh, is what I'm saying. Wow. Yes. So I, I guess I try to think of like real life stories for yes. some of these, and it's like, wow, yeah. That's uh, ouch. Yeah. So um, what about um education expenses? Is that gonna? Because I know a lot of clients and that I have um, and actually it's really a wonderful thing. A lot of grandparents. They come and see me, and they bring me a picture of their new grandchild. They're so excited, <laughs> and, and, and they, they really want to pass down the, these important values to the family. And so, you know, you can, of course, you can go buy them a toy or whatever. But a lot of them like to do is set up educational accounts. Yes. And then every birthday, every holiday, then you know, they make a deposit yes. into it. And it's such a wonderful thing. Yes. Um, is and then they, you know, they can take a deduction for some of that on the state is, return. Is that going to still be in place? Or? That is still in place. Excellent. And in fact, Excellent. they've improved it. They Good. haven't improved, unfortunately the amount you can put in each year, Yay. which I think is kind of small, yeah, but yeah. they have improved what you can do with the distributions. Uh -huh. So the prior law was if you had a 529 state education plan, you could only use that money for higher education, college, technical mm -hmm. school, beyond high school, stuff like that. Now you can use it to pay for tuition for elementary and secondary schools. Mm -hmm. So you could pay for religious schools wow. and you can pay for the cost of homeschooling. Wow, that's and I which know, some people don't realize can well, add up. Absolutely, Very yeah, interesting. So you know, one thing I've, I've wondered about is like you know the the healthcare insurance. I mean, what's happened? Is it going to impact that? I, I heard that there was a some language in there that was going to basically, I think, take away the penalty or what, what's going on with that exactly? That's actually a really good 
a summary of what that hap- what actually happened, unlike <laughs> okay. you know the president saying that he's repealed Obamacare, the Affordable Care Act. What they actually did was they repealed the penalty for individuals if they didn't have health insurance. Mm-hmm. There's a caveat. They didn't repeal it for 18. Mm-hmm. It doesn't start until 2019. So if you don't have health insurance for 2018, you're still going to pay the penalty next spring, a year from now, when you do your taxes. taxes yes. So you have to have health insurance through December 31st, 2018. But then after that, if you don't have qualifying health insurance, you will not pay a penalty. Now, I do want to point out, things happen to healthy people. Absolutely. You could be in a car accident. Mm-hmm. You could be in inside the house when that house catches on fire. I'm thinking warm things, okay? Right, right. <laughs> Since Good. it's so cold Zero today. outside, yeah. Yeah. So I I would love to see everyone have health insurance, and you shouldn't be forced to do it. And I I don't understand the assumption that people don't want it. Hmm. Well, you know, here's what I'm taking away from this as we kind of bring this uh, podcast to a close is number one, there's not much simplification that has taken place. <laughs> it sounds like no. it's actually um, maybe become a little bit more complex. But and I've heard that there's there's also some planning opportunities. I mean, especially for, um, you know, a small business owner, maybe something you can really do to help your to help your employees is to, you know, set up this, this accountable, re- reimbursement. accountable reimbursement plan. Yeah. And it sounds like everybody needs to do some serious thinking about, you know, tax planning for uh, 2018. So yes, and unfortunately, between the um, standard deduction, itemized deductions, and your own personal tax bracket, which they've also changed, it's going to be so personalized that you really do need to see someone with your tax return sure. so that they can see exactly what bracket you're in this year and help you plan for what will happen at the end of 2018. You know, I really want to thank Deb for um, giving us a great overview of the new tax law. And um, so if you want to learn more about her particular practice, you know, I recommend you go to her website, which is www.oskintax.com. And we'll also have a link, you know, underneath the, oh, uh, the, awesome. the, the, the podcast to it. And what I'm really excited about is we're going to have Deb on again next week. But next week, we're going to talk about something really unusual, very, very interesting. We're going to talk about clergy tax law. Because remember, Deb, not only is she an enrolled agent, but she was also ordained in 2004 in the Church of the Brethren. And uh, I think you told me about 75% of your tax clients are actually clergy. Mm-hmm. And she vows never to turn away any clergy in need of help. <laughs> We're going to talk more about that next week. And Mark, I want to hand this back over to you. That's right. You won't want to miss next week's podcast. Deb, you're going to be coming back with us for another podcast. Unusual topic, as Dan said. You won't want to miss that. Learn more about how the tax code will affect you, especially as a member of the clergy. It's going to be a lot of fun. Deb, we thank you for joining us today today. And as always, if you're listening, if anything, you've probably been left with even more questions on today's podcast. I know we've really gotten to the nitty gritty of it. Some of it's really confusing because, well, we're talking about the U.S. tax code and how it works, and that gets really long and and dense. And so if you have questions, like Dan said, we are going to be posting Deb's website up underneath the podcast. You can go to that. And as always, if you have questions, you can reach out to Dan Betzel and the team at Betzel Wealth Advisors by calling 614 Four seven two four five one zero. That's six one four four seven two four five one zero. We thank you for joining us on another edition of the Plan with Dan podcast. Come back next week for another edition with Deb Oskin. This is the Plan with Dan podcast.
Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered by Betzel Wealth Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of Ohio.